turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Let me ask you, do you think you measure up, spiritually speaking? We have a measuring tape that we'll take a look at today and find out. Join us, Truth For Today, with Pastor Phil Howard is next. The Ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Welcome. This is Truth For Today. We're continuing our series called The Measure of a Man. And really, it's the measure of any person who finds themselves in Christ. So how do we measure up? And what tape measure do we use to find out how we measure up? Well, these are questions we're answering this week and next as we continue our series, The Measure of a Man. Join us. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 20. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Are you contentious? As much as the peace is based on you, will there be peace? Romans 12, as much as it lieth within you, live at peace with all men. Now there's some people you're never going to have peace with. He even said that can happen in marriage. He said, You might as well build a good attic than to live in the house with a nagging woman, for a nagging woman is like the dripping of the rain. And it's like one of those Korean torture scenes. Yes, yes, I'll do anything. Can you imagine every time rain hits a guy, he says, that's my wife. Now, Solomon knew. He had a thousand women that could be gripey at one time. And so he wrote the proverb. Contentious people. Earthly wisdom leads to strife. When you're operating off a selfish ambition, James 3 says, you'll always be getting in a fight because you're not getting your way. If the goal of your life is to always get your way and not God's will, see here Jesus is going to the cross and Peter doesn't like this cross path. He uses the sword. But Jesus said, oh no, it's okay, Peter. It's okay. It's in the will of God. This is the will of God for me. I'm not living to do my will. I told the Father I'd do His will. And when you're doing the Father's will, you've got confidence no matter if it's through the water, through the flood, through the storm. You say, it's okay. I'm not contentious about doing the will of God. Matter of fact, my peace is from doing the will of God. I have inner peace. You can't hurt me in the will of God. You may kill me, but I've done the will of God, even as they killed Peter. Uh, bitter and angry people, they, uh, according to Hebrews 12, look at this verse. This isn't quite a verse. Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15. Pursue after peace with all men. And after the sanctification or the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Very interesting to be holy. If you don't get a certain kind of holiness, he said, you'll never see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. How could you come short of it? 
Are there believers coming short of God's grace? Absolutely. Why? That no root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by it many be defiled. That there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. He warns us as believers, beware of immorality, beware of the bitterness that uh, replaces peace. Are you pursuing peace and holiness? Have you ever been a peacemaker? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Have you ever helped somebody to save their marriage? Have you ever helped some children to be reconciled to the parents, or parents reconciled to the children? Have you ever seen somebody disadvantaged in a weakened position, and you came in as the middleman and brought about fairness? Have you ever protected the disadvantaged? whether it was racial or social. There is nothing as sweet this side of heaven as bringing people together to have peace and reconciliation. And we ought to be God's agents of peace. We are not the contentious, we are the glad. And I think of uh, Gandhi and that Martin Luther King studied Gandhi, how he'd done in Africa and India in peaceful, nonviolent ways to bring about change. Guess what? Gandhi succeeded and so did King. They learned we won't win it by violence. We won't win it by shooting. We won't win it by killing. We'll do peaceful demonstrations for what's right. And the whole nation said they were causing rebellion, but they were peaceful. They were claiming their rights that were being violated in the nation. They didn't hit it. You never have a picture King never hit anybody. He got hit. Whether you like him or not, he was right. He was right. Peaceful, nonviolent approach. Not kill them, not blow up our buildings. That is taking this country. It's scary to be an American and to think that they want to blow up every public building in Phoenix. And we've got the weapons and the films of how to do it because it's all right to blow up public buildings. We want this country to be run the way we want. And if it's not, we're going to kill somebody. That's a violent culture. And we live in such a culture. But we must not be violent. We must not be contentious. What he tells us to be is to be gentle. Let's look at that. Look at that term. He must be gentle. Not pugnacious as a bulldog, but gentle. This is a hard term to define. Would you bear with me? Well, I try to give you a handle. It's hard. There's so many words used to define this word gentle. You wonder, what does it mean? Let me uh, try. Sometimes people associate it with a word for meek. But it, uh, it has four key ideas in the word. They can't define the word in the Greek, epikia, unless they use four different terms. And here are the terms. It means to be reasonable. It means to be considerate. It means to be moderate. It means to be gentle. So it's the kind of gentleness that is reasonable. It's the kind of uh, gentleness that knows when to yield. It was used of law, that it was used of those who were judges, and the Latin terms they used was clemency and leniency. That the, the cold law would say it's this way, But a man that was gentle as a judge 
would find common ground. It was this way. God could say if an ox is in the ditch on the Sabbath, though I don't want you to work on the Sabbath, God's reasonable, God's yielding. It takes a lot of work to get an ox out of a ditch if it's in mud. Have you ever seen cattle in mud and bogged down? I would imagine ropes, men, sweat, push, shove. It wouldn't be easy to always get an ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath. But God knows when to yield the law. God knows when to yield. Psalms 86 says God is gentle, so gentle that he forgives us our sins. It was used of those in authority that when you have power over those under you, it can be uh, brutal, it can be harsh, it can be dominating. But when it was used of a gentle ruler, it meant they knew how to be soft, yielding. They knew how to give leniency. They knew how to be uh, kind. The word that's associated with this word, pros, was a word that came from the Greek meaning friendly. So friendly treatment of others, gentle treatment. I believe it was J.B. Phillips who translated the word one time, sweetly reasonable. I like that. Sweetly reasonable is what a gentle person is. Sweetly reasonable. Uh, let's look at how it's used. Follow me, would you? Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 5. Rather, chapter 10. Just follow me with these verses. You'll see how it's used. Second Corinthians 10. 10 1. Let's just latch on to sweetly reasonable. I think that will help us have a handle. Listen to Paul. Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold towards you when absent. And he goes on. But I'm beseeching you, I'm urging you, based upon some things in Christ. He's meek, he's friendly, he's under control, and he's gentle. He's sweetly reasonable. This is a picture of our Savior and of our God. Now, look at what he says over in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit, there's the term, sometimes it's translated forbearance, sweetly reasonable. Notice when to yield, yields by forbearing. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Uh, a forbearing spirit, a gentle spirit. Can't you appreciate that this could be one of the favorite terms people look for in those who lead them? Someone who understands, someone who's gentle. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, how we're to respond to uh, all people who are giving us a bad time. 2 Timothy 2.24, verse 24, And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Sometimes uh, we're told to teach when we're getting a bad treatment. Someone's opposing us. Someone uh, wants to quarrel. Someone is contentious. Someone is out of sorts. 
And he's telling the servant of the Lord, you be apt at teaching, but in your style, be gentle. Be sweetly reasonable. Be forbearing. Be willing to yield as much as you can and still hold on to the truth. Uh, it won't always be easy to teach some people, he says. They'll want to quarrel. Fight over words. Fight over something. And so he tells the servant of God, be willing to be gentle. Let me quote to you how this word was used. I quote Aristotle. I know he's not commonly quoted in this pulpit. But Aristotle said this about the word. The word means to pardon human failings. It means to look to the lawgiver, not to the law. To the intention, not to the action. Have you ever had something that when you did it, it came off so bad, you were ashamed you did it? but you started out with a good motive? That it just didn't come off right? You ever had that happen? That, you know, you did it and just said, bad, but you had a good motive. And so that this kind of person, Aristotle says, they can look at the intent, not the result. It may have been a flop, but they have the ability to look at intent. One time I remember just the intent was to have fun with my wife, throwing a bag of ice back and forth like this, maybe five pounds of ice. You know, if you throw a bag of ice hard enough, it gains momentum. And it gained momentum and came over, and all of a sudden a glacier was on the side of her face. I was having fun. The intent was fun. The end result was not fun. I mean, I nearly crushed in the side of her head just on a joke. And, uh, but now, a strict person, no allowance. Can't you see a dad just eating somebody up alive over that? Um, it looks at intent, not always the action. To the whole, not to the part. To the character of the actor in the long run, not in the present moment. Everybody wants to tell us David went to bed with Bathsheba. And they say, that's the man. It absolutely is not the man. It's the exception to the man. David was a man after God's own heart, and he was right before God, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. God doesn't remember him for adultery. He remembers him for his whole life. But everybody outside the church, boy, I know that David man. He, he stole another man's wife, and he brought great disgrace upon God. And he earned the disgrace, but God... Doesn't write it down that way. God doesn't say, come here, adulterer, David. He never calls him adulterer that I know of. He did call him a murderer because he killed Uriah and he should never have done that. And he was wrong in the adultery. And he buried four boys over it. He paid. Believe me, he paid. But sometimes people only remember where we blew it. They never remember the whole. It's like always reminding your kid when he blew something. Did anybody ever have a car accident when you first got your driver's license? How many did? 16. Anybody? I did. 23rd Street, across from Scalise, riding with my sister Ruth right back there. Riding, I look at Scalise, the car stops in front of me. I'm in a brand new 58 Fairlane Ford, and I hit him. Scared to death to come home. It wasn't my dad, it was Hazel's car. I mean, 60, how do you explain you had a wreck 
and you've only had your license a month. You've been racing. You've been speaking, you know, you're, you're ready. There was sweet reasonableness, thank the Lord. But can you imagine? I told, we, and we go off on these kids. Because we forget being 16. You're here adults. I just don't have any patience anymore with kids. When did you ever have patience? You had patience with yourself. You don't have any for them. Because adults get to acting like they had all the wisdom at 70. They act like they had it when they were 16 and we know better. You got it through many trials and suffering. Right? So we say, kid, I don't have any patience for kids. We know, because you acted that stupid yourself, and you don't want to see a repeat. <laughs> see, I, I don't have time. I used to preach a lot of youth camps in this church. I don't have the courage to preach another youth camp. If they come out with a grunge look and heavy metal, so that's not on your life. I do not want that stuff that is not even, well, you know, I don't want to be back there. I'm glad I was a teenager and survived it. I like being up here in the mature, godly years. <laughs> you know. But you get people, no patience for those down here. They're just not sweetly reasonable. They don't have no understanding. No understanding. Well, I want to read one verse, then close. This is too convicting. Uh, Hebrews 5. Look at Hebrews 5. Who's the gentlest person you know? Well, I'd say Jesus. <laughs> He's the gentlest person I know. My God is the gentlest, meekest person I know. And he's got all power. I mean, he's going to burn up the universe someday. He's going to pass away with fervent heat. He's going to judge all of his enemies. But he's kind. He's gentle. Now listen to what he did. Hebrews 5.1. For every high priest taken from among you is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God in order to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and misguided. How come? He can deal gently with the ignorant and misguided. How come? Since, since he himself also is beset with weakness. Is that beautiful? When God gave Israel a priesthood, he gave them men as weak as the people they represented. So that when Benjamin brings a sacrifice for a sin he committed during the week, instead of the high priest saying, how could you have ever done that? Come on. The priest says, I understand. I've done it too. I've been there. I too am weak. I, too, have failed. When you come to me, you can find understanding as a human high priest. Do you see it? He picked men beset with weakness. Now, look right up the page, chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He doesn't say they're right. He says, I sympathize. I understand the human condition. But one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin, 
Let us run away from him because we're scared to death. Oh, no. Let us therefore draw near with confidence. And that means freedom of speech. A child scared to death of the parent won't learn to talk. That's why some kids are frozen at the mouth at home and chatter boxes away. Because at home, they don't get to be listened to. They have no confidence. Let draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of our need. Brethren, if anybody be overcoming a fall, you who are spiritual in gentleness, restore them, considering yourselves, lest you too be tempted. I think it's why leadership in a church has to have a certain amount of age. I can't think of many real tender guys in their 20s. They think they are, but you can't believe what 20 years can do to you. 20 years of living. Being beset with common weaknesses. Having some common heartbreaks. Some common ailments. It brings you to the people that says, you know what we've all got in common here? I'll tell you what we've got in common. We're all weak. We all need gentleness. We all need sweet reasonableness. We all need Jesus. That's what we've got in common. I don't think there's a strong man in the building that's strong enough to defeat the devil in his strength, strong enough to whip cancer in his strength, strong enough you can go to heaven without Jesus. How weak can you get? Weak enough that Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord. And you know what that means? I'm going to demonstrate it. I did it in my prayer time. It means this right here. It meant to put your nose on the ground and your hand stretched out. When you said you trust God, it means God can put his foot on your neck. Say, Lord, I have no defense. I'm trusting you. If you don't raise me up, I'm history. If you raise me up, you bless me. I'm weak. I'm trusting you. I'm rolling over my burdens on you. And God says he wants to make you and I gentle people. I think gentleness is a sin of the spirit. I see some people who would never physically hit you, who are harsh, brass, semi-mad, and very harsh in spirit. It's a sin of the spirit. God wants his sheep handled and his people to be known by gentle sheep with a gentle shepherd. Has God not been kind to you? David says, the kindness of God has made me great. David said that. Not the harshness of God, but the kindness of God. I remember the songs. I've just been hearing a selection of songs by John Peterson. Some of the songs go this way. No one understands like Jesus. He sings one of my favorites. Jesus led me all the way. When I stand upon heaven's shore and I look back and I look at life's winding path, I'll be able to look back and sing with saints and angels. Jesus led me all the way. How did he lead you? He led you with a nail-pierced hand, friend. If you want mercy, I can tell you where you can find it. It's in heaven. It's with Jesus you want harshness, just meet a mad person, a violent person. But our God is full of compassion. He's full of mercy. He wants to forgive you. And he wants to make us just like you.
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.